Kind of the, the title, the gist of this is the, you need to walk in the spirit to be a living sacrifice. Um, my dad worked for General Motors all of his life, and uh, he spoke at some conferences once in a while, and when I was a young kid, uh, junior high perhaps, he said, um, well, I, I, don't, I don't feel so bad about speaking at the conference because my boss told me what I have to do. I have to tell him what I'm going to tell him, I have to tell him, and then I got to remind him, tell him what I told him. So that's kind of what I'm doing here on the next slide. Um, these are the things that I'm going to talk about, so you can, you know, get an idea of what's coming up. What's going to happen next? We talk about the sacrifice um, that is all over the Old Testament and the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Talk about the law of sin and death, about being a living sacrifice from Romans 12. Um, we can either live by the flesh or you can live by the Spirit. That comes out of Romans 8. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Back to uh, being a living sacrifice. Test God's will for you. You probably heard people talk about walking in the Spirit. Bill Bright back in the 70s, got to walk in the Spirit. And service in the church body. You know, I spent a good portion of my, my working life as an adult trainer, teaching people uh, how to operate power plants and make electricity. That's only slightly more complicated than a church. So... Uh, got to talk about it. We got to have ideas and ways to go here. And there's, I'm going to say there's not much that I'm more passionate about than the fellowship of the saints and the gathering of the believers. You know, not through screens, but face to face. We got to talk. We got to have play dates for kids and play dates for uh, uh, ladies sewing and men going out there and cutting firewood. Uh, church body to the max. Next. So why is a sacrifice needed? It's always talking about it being a sacrifice. What? Why? Well, in Exodus 30.10, uh, is written, once a year, Aaron must make a special sacrifice using the blood of the sin offering to erase the sins of the people. This is the Day of Atonement, or Yom Kippur, which was just last week on Wednesday night. But in, in the New Testament, Jesus says in Matthew, for this is my blood of the new covenant. You see, the sacrificing of the, the lamb in Yom Kippur was the old covenant. This is the new covenant, which is shed for many for their missions of sin. And he was talking about his blood being shed, and the purpose of it is the remission of sins, just like in the old covenant. But in the old covenant, it only lasted a year. Yom Kippur was once a year. Well, when Christ shed his blood, that's forever, because he was the perfect the perfect blood sacrifice. So this ended the needed for blood sacrifices in the Christian, you know, as far as, as Christians. And in the Jewish uh, religion in 8070, when the, the temple was destroyed, then it never happened there again. So Paul is calling us in, uh, in, here in, uh, in Romans 12 to live our lives as a holy committed, as a holy uh, committed, as a living sacrifice totally committed, just like the lamb that was offered in the Old Testament was totally committed to his sacrifice, you know, death, shedding of blood. So Paul is reminding us that we should live that way, you know, totally uh, committed to the Lord. Okay, now this is pretty hard to do, isn't it? Uh, in Romans 8, 
uh, we can be free from the law of sin and death. Now, what is law of sin and death? Well, in the Old Testament, you had by your own strength, uh, the, your own flesh, you tried to keep all the laws. And if you're able to keep all the laws, and the, not just the Ten Commandments, but all the pharisaical laws, then that was good. Then you could be with God in heaven. But through Jesus Christ, he's talking about the new, the law of the Spirit. He gave his life and set you free from the law of sin and death. So we accept Christ as our Savior. Um, and his, he's the, the law of the Spirit because he, in his Spirit, uh, gave that sacrifice to the Lord. Verse 3, the law was powerless to do it because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his only son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in the flesh. And we did this, he did this in order that the righteous requirement of the law is fully met in us. So we, Christians, do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Because if you try to live by the flesh, you're going to die because nobody can meet all those requirements. But we live by the Spirit, accepting what Christ did through, uh, through his death and resurrection. We have eternal life in Christ. Okay. Next. So this gets us to today. Uh, the topic here, Romans 12.1. It's the key verse there. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters... In view of God's mercy, to offer or present, in other translations, your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. So, how can you have a living sacrifice? Isn't that an opposite thing, where a sacrifice is to the death, but we are living? And Paul says that we should consider our whole life as a sacrifice dedicated to God. You know, he says in there, uh, to offer or present. You know, that's like they're offering a sacrifice, they're presenting it to the Lord um, in the Old Testament. So we can offer our lives to God, too. That's hard. Next, we've got, <clears throat> there's two ways to uh, live from Romans 8. You can live by the flesh. You can let your mind be, do the things that is in your strength by the flesh. But if you live by the flesh, your mind is set on the desires of the flesh. It leads to death. It's hostile to God. It does not submit to God because you're doing it yourself. It cannot please God because we're just trying what we can do. But if you live by the Spirit, live by the Spirit, your mind is set on what the Spirit desires. You're listening. Because that Spirit is not just out there somewhere. It's that gift of the Holy Spirit that God gave us being dwell within us, to live within us. That's what's different after you accept Christ as your Savior. Holy Spirit is there giving life in our bodies. So we have an obligation to put to death the misdeeds of the body, and then we will live. Now in here, Paul is very particular about saying that this is not just for the super saints of the apostolic group and all the church leaders. Because in verse 9, he says, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. We all have the Holy Spirit within us if you've, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior. 
And after, after the service, I'll be sitting over in the corner and maybe some other council members. If anybody wants to pray about that, about receiving Christ as your Savior, so you don't have to rely on your own personal strength, your guts, your, your flesh. You have that Holy Spirit to help you. And the second, Roman 12, too, the next one, is do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, 12.1 said be a living sacrifice. How do you do that? You know, he, Paul was writing to the newer, newer Christians in, uh, in Rome, and they were, had been doing things on their own strength by the power of their flesh to try and be a good person. But he's going to tell us that you don't follow what the world has been doing. Don't live your life as you did before you knew Christ. Be transformed. Renew your mind. And, but this is a lifelong process. This is called sanctification. Becoming more Christ-like. Next. And the bottom half of this, the rest of that verse is, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. And this, this is what I really want to focus on, that last few words, test and approve what God's will is for you. To find God's perfect will for each of us, we have to test it. Because it's not the same for everybody. Because we're all different parts of the body of the church, right? We all have different functions. We all do different things. So God's will for each of us is different. But we can find that. We can test that. How do you do that? Well, you try and try again. You know, there's a whole list of sign-up sheets out here on the table as you're waiting to get some, some snacks and some treats. Look at those sign-up sheets. Can I serve God here? Can I serve God there? Can I serve God here? Well, I'm not sure if I really can. Sign up anyway. If it doesn't work, if it's not right for you, if it doesn't gel in your heart, then okay, I won't sign up on that one again for a while. But do the things that God calls you to do. You got to try and try again until we find that good and perfect and pleasing will. It will resonate with your spirit and you can, you'll come alive in him as you serve in that perfect will. Um, that the, the will of God is to be discovered and done with such relish that it will be proved to be good, acceptable, and perfect. You'll be able, the next, yeah, able to test and approve what God's will is, a good and pleasing will. Paul, Paul really says that the will of God is to be discovered. It's not something that you're going to get in the mail. It's not in a text message you get. It's in the Bible. There's a lot of things in the Bible. You've got to read it. And the Holy Spirit will help you find that perfect will. There's no promise to this that if you're the careless and the casual, the uncommitted will find out that they did God's will by accident because it says we have to test it. We have to prove it to find out what it is. It takes, we can't do this by ourselves. It takes the Holy Spirit to live within us. Next one, and we're down there at the bottom. Yeah, we can't do this by ourselves but by the Holy Spirit that lives within us. So going back to uh, Romans, uh, Romans 8. Next one. 
Here we go. If you live in accordance with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be transformed. Back in Romans 8, that's the, the, uh, the chapter about uh, walking by the Spirit or living in the Spirit, the Spirit-controlled man uh, or woman. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But the those who live in, in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. You know, back in the, the building and the really growing time, the Campus Crusade for Christ, Bill Bright wrote a bunch of books. You know, and walking in the Spirit, life in the Spirit, just, just really showing to the new Jesus freak generation that happened in the 60s on the shores of California, uh, you know, about changing their life. You're no longer part of the, uh, uh, the drug culture or the, uh, the summer of love and on the 60s rock and roll, you know. Come to Christ. Be, be transformed. Be changed. Live by the Spirit. Because our society had changed. You can't live like everybody else did. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Now, each of us are different. There's lots of different parts of the body. So God's perfect will is different for each of us. He can't copy somebody else. But somebody else could be an example, could be an encouragement, because things change in our life. Next one. It's important not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment. In according to the faith that God has given each of us. You know, humility is an important thing here because these gifts are given by God, not chosen by us. we got to try them, and sometimes they're going to work. Next one. The service in the body of Christ is varied. In Isaiah, he says, See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Don't you see it? Things change. And, and God is saying that we got to be ready for that. I'm making a way in the wilderness, and there will be streams in the wasteland. Next one. On the other side here, gifts from God to his church are different. Everybody's different. Gifts are different at different times in our lives because things change, right? We have little kids. They grow up. And they get married, and after a couple of decades, they're on their own. But if you've got kids for a lot of decades, then you've got a lot of decades. Anyway. <laughs> Jobs change, right? You, uh, people are working at home. They're working elsewhere. They may have to move. You may be in just one job your whole, whole working life. But that changes as you get more experience and as things happen. And so jobs change. Our health varies. You can do a whole lot more. I can do a whole lot more cutting wood 10, 15 years ago than I can today. Uh, wisdom. As we experience new things, we have new experiences, and we see how God uses things in our lives, and we all gain more wisdom. We have new experiences. We can, we can suffer a tragedy. We pray and get through it, and now we have a new gift from God. How can a tragedy be a gift? Because you got through it, and now it's a few years later, and you meet somebody else who's the same place, and you can come alongside them and prophesy into their life and help them. 
<clears throat> experiences are gained as we do different things. Sometimes I think, I know the Holy Spirit just gives us different gifts at different times in our life. And he can pull it back, I think, for different times in our lives for different things. It's like cleaning out a closet. Next one. Unless you look, you won't find out what's there. We've been doing this this week. We, you know, what will you find? You, know, you might find an old pair of shoes in the back that fit you better than they, than they have in a long time. Or the next slide. Um, you go out and buy a new tool, and then as you're cleaning the garage, you find out, oh, that's where that other tool was. Well, I guess I've got two now. I've got a backup. Well, that's okay. Okay, Romans 12, 4, next one. There we go. Finding God's will for you. Remember, you'll be able to test it. It, it says right there, right there in Romans 12, 2, you'll be able to test it. For each of us has one body with many members. These members do not all have the same function. Uh, in Christ, although we form one body, uh, each member, we all, all part together, so... What, what people have hurts, people have needs, people have joys, we all feel it. And we all should feel it through our prayer time, through coffee shop talking. Uh, for an hour and a half, people get together and talk on Wednesdays. Through home Bible studies. I know there's, there's uh, home groups. People get together and talk and share. And that way, we all participate in the needs and the hurts of different bodies. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So try it. You might like it. See, it might be better than Alka-Seltzer. Some people remember that old commercial. Try it, you'll like it. Okay. To discover God's will for you. Okay, next one. There's different ways to serve. Okay, I'm going to go through these kind of quick here. If it's prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. Teaching, then teach. If it's encouragement, then give encouragement. If giving, give generously. To lead diligently. To show mercy, do it cheerfully. And on the next slide, uh, there's a duplicate in here. The next one. Yeah. So all these gifts there on the left, there's prophesying. Okay, do it in accordance with your faith. But what does that mean today to you? Help reveal God's word in a particular situation. Somebody's going through a tragedy or a hard time in their life, and you've been there, done that? Tell them about how God's word can help them get through this part of their life. Serving, uh, bake treats, fill soup bowls. You can sign up here uh, for treats on uh, Kids Country Fest. Teaching, teach. Sunday school, fill the pulpit. We've got a couple openings here between now and the end of the year. Um, serve in the nursery. Encouragement. Comfort the grief-stricken. Sometimes just listening to somebody on the phone. Remember all those phone calls you made during the months of lockdown a couple of years ago? That was quite a way to, way to encourage people. Um, or just listen. Be there. Uh, when you meet with people, talk and just listen. Giving, give generously, uh, come to Ruby's Pantry and pack groceries, put mittens on the mitten tree, fill the boxes. Okay, they say to lead diligently. 
Now, we have some committees that need to be led. Uh, every spring we do that, and there's lots of ways to volunteer on the sign-up sheets, do different things, get stuff done. Show mercy. You're supposed to do mercy, show it uh, cheerfully. Help others in distress, do home visits. There's so many ways. Just got to try it. Find it. You'll like it. Next one. Now, after this, there are some negative things here that you were supposed to avoid. We're supposed to uh, hate evil and cling to love. If you're living your life in a living sacrifice, then you can be devoted one to another. Honor other people above yourselves. Don't lack zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor going. Serve the Lord. Yeah, it might be tough to come to church early in the morning, but you're here or there. You can, can talk to people. You can share treats. You can sit at a table and talk to somebody you don't know and find out more about their lives. Be joyful in hope. Be patient on our affliction <clears throat> as you try and get over long COVID. Be faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Hospitality. Next one. Just a couple more here. Bless those who persecute you. Bless people and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. You know, like I talked about our prayer times. Live in harmony. Don't be proud. Be with those of low position, not conceited. We are weak, but the spirit is strong. Living in a sacrificial way like this is unnatural for a normal person. You know, in, in other places they talk about the spirit-filled man and the carnal man, the carnal person. It's unnatural for the world to live this way. But we can walk by the spirit, because the spirit of God is in us, because that's free gift given to everyone. In the same way the spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. Sometimes we don't even know how to pray, but the Spirit is there to help us. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people. How? In accordance with the will of God. Now, this is chapter 8 of the uh, Be a Spirit-Filled Man. Um, Let's look at chapter 12, the next page here. Overcome evil with good. We are weak, but the spirit is strong. It will the spirit living within us to help repay evil, uh, help us to avoid to repay evil for evil. Got to be careful to do what's in the right of uh, all people. Live at peace with everyone, if it's possible with you. Don't take revenge, because revenge is mine, says the Lord. On the contrary, to revenge, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you heap burning coals on his head. These are not the normal human tendencies, but a spirit-filled person can perhaps, as we work at it, not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And the last slide. Walk in this spirit and have strength to be a living sacrifice. Because we know that all things will work together 
how? For good to those who love God, but to those who are called according to his purpose. So testing and finding that perfect will for us is something that we have to do. But we have to do that um, as we walk in the Spirit, counting on his help as we lead our lives as living sacrifices. That's our true and proper worship. I like Romans. How many times have I preached on Romans? Anyway, I like Romans. Like I said, if we want to, the uh, music team can come up. If you want to uh, have God have some prayer time, I'll be, glad. I'll be sitting over here. And don't forget, as we got sign-up sheets there, to just try it. You might like it. See how God wants to work in your life.